Welcome to the Lock Sportscast, your weekly source for Lock Sport news. This is episode 136, recorded February 19th, 2023. I'm your host, Charles Current. And in today's episode, the CIA Museum, Corrupt Locksmiths, Bulletproof Watch Safe, First Pick of the Camlock Series 63, Products, Videos, Criminals, Events, Meetups, Sales, Giveaways, and more. You can subscribe to the audio version of the show on most podcast apps and at thelocksportscast.com. You can subscribe to the video version on YouTube, Odyssey, Rumble, or Apple Podcasts. Links to stories discussed will be in the show notes. Some apps limit the length of show notes and the ability to post full links, which you can find all of the links at thelocksportscast.com. First up, your weekly Locky Awards reminder. Nominations are open for a few more days. I've had several more people nominate in several categories, so thank you for that. Should make the uh, voting more interesting and keep the suspense up. If you haven't already, please head over there, check it out, and get your nominations in before the deadline. Also, I'd like to apologize for missing last week's video. I was uh, working through the weekend, and I was running late anyway, and then I went to record, and my computer had a crashed Windows update that I had to work through, which ate up the time that I would have had to uh, record and edit. So I apologize for that. First up, you can finally check out the CIA Museum online anyway. The CIA has had a museum housing gadgets, specialized weapons, and memorabilia since about 1972, but it's only ever been open to people who have access to the agency's headquarters. Recently, however, the CIA has started to put some of the collection online. Uh, interesting things that I found in there. There are several items in their collection that they've got online so far, but some of the ones I found interesting. We have a 1960s phone battery. According to, to this, the CIA developed lithium-ion battery to improve the reliability and increase the lifespan of batteries for surveillance equipment. Way back in the 1960s. Also, there's an escape kit. It's a tiny bag filled with escape and evasion tools, such as a can opener, ceramic blade, Leatherman multi-tool fishing equipment, and lock picks. They also have the flap and seals kit, beginner and advanced versions. These tools were used to intercept letters and mail in a way that would leave the final recipient unaware of any interference. Turns out you're not paranoid after all. The CIA really was reading your mail. Next up is an article called Former Kansas City Area Locksmith Speaks Out on Corrupt Owners and Absurd Rates. The article discusses the story of a former locksmith in the Kansas City area who has come forward to speak out against corrupt practices of some locksmith companies in the region. He describes how some locksmith companies engage in deceptive practices such as advertising low rates and then charging much higher rates often citing additional fees for services that were not initially agreed upon. It says that these practices have led to a negative reputation for the locksmith industry, and the former locksmith is urging customers to be cautious and do their research before choosing a locksmith. The article also highlights the importance of finding a reputable and licensed locksmith to ensure quality service and avoid falling victim to fraudulent practices. Something we've covered quite often, but here is one of the former employees speaking out 
The article goes into more detail about what his allegations are, what some of the businesses names, the business specifically that uh, he's talking about, as well as I think a couple others. So if you're interested, that was uh, Fox for Kansas City and link will be in the show notes. Have you ever wanted a bulletproof safe to protect your Rolex watches? Well, evidently that's a thing. The article here entitled, Originally Designed to Safeguard U.S. Nuclear Warheads, This $120,000 Luxury Watch Safe Adorned with White and Pink Will Protect Your Rolex from Bullets Up to 50 Caliber. According to the article, Brown Safe, a U.S.-based manufacturer of high-security luxury safes and vaults, revealed a new version of its Kronos 4218 Luxury Watch Safe for Valentine's Day. The new Kronos 4218 is wrapped in white leather, while the interior is decked out in baby pink soft-touch material. The Kronos is built upon the design that was originally made to transport weaponry. The shell is made using a type of ballistic steel that was first developed by the U.S. military. That ballistic steel layer is evidently two inches thick and can withstand multiple rounds of 50 caliber ammunition. The safe is also supposedly fire-resistant. And it's equipped with a highly accurate GPS tracking device to protect it from getting stolen. The safe also includes a trio of Swiss-made mechanical time locks to keep it locked for up to 144 hours. If you want to know more details about this uh, pink safe, you can check out the link in the show notes. And we've covered several times the problem with Hyundai and Kias being stolen so easily. And Hyundai has introduced a free anti-theft software upgrade, beginning with more than 1 million Elantras, Sonatas, and Venues. This was according to a press release on February 14th. I'll read parts of it here. They say, in response to the increasing thefts targeting its vehicles without push-button ignitions and immobilizing anti-theft devices, Hyundai is introducing a free anti-theft software upgrade. This upgrade will be launching as a service campaign for a total of almost 4 million vehicles beginning on February 14th. It will be rolling out first to more than 1 million model year 2017 through 2020 Elantras, 2015 to 2019 Sonatas, and 2020 to 2021 Venue vehicles. It is scheduled to be available for the remaining affected vehicles by June 2023. The free upgrade will be performed by Hyundai dealers and will take less than an hour for installation. Following the completion of the upgrade, each vehicle will have a window decal affixed to alert thieves that the vehicle is now equipped with the enhanced anti-theft technology. All Hyundai vehicles produced since November 2021 are equipped with an immobilizer as standard equipment. And it also mentions that Hyundai is providing those free steering locks. Uh, through law enforcement agencies. It also says that some 2011 to 2022 model year vehicles without engine immobilizers cannot accommodate the software upgrade. For these customers, Hyundai is finalizing a program to reimburse them for the purchase of steering wheel locks. They do give a little insight into what the upgrade is. It says that the software upgrade modifies certain vehicle control modules in Hyundai vehicles equipped with the standard turn key to start ignition systems. As a result, locking the doors with the key fob will set the factory alarm and activate an ignition kill feature 
so the vehicles cannot be started when subject to the popularized theft mode. Customers must use the fob to unlock their vehicles to deactivate the ignition kill feature. So if you do own one of those vehicles, you might start uh, talking to your dealer to see if you can get that upgrade. Moving on to community news, we have what appears to be the first public pick of the Camlock Industries Series 63 Axial Block. This pick was completed on a YouTube video by Do Not Duplicate, who's really on a roll with these first picks lately. A little bit of description for the Camlock on the manufacturer's website. It says, our patented axial pin tumbler mechanism offers superior key control and manipulation resistance. The Series 63 Camlock houses our unique axial pin tumbler mechanism in a high-quality brass body with a satin chrome finish. Our flagship axial mechanism is built to safeguard against manipulation, destructive attacks, and key compromise. It utilizes a series of single-piece pins that cannot be bumped into place alongside a set of protective anti-manipulation features that surround the core. Definitely not enough to keep Do Not Duplicate out, though. So I recommend you check that video out, as usual. And while you're at it, check out Locks Noob's video, Real Innovation. Check out these prototypes. And I just saw a tweet today. Congratulations to Lock Noob on hitting 300,000 subscribers. Anyway, the description on his video here says, I'm really impressed by these working prototypes. They are complex, secure, but also reliable and possible to go into production. And his video features 3D printed locks designed and created by community members, one of which I've talked about here a couple episodes ago, and the other is a very clever disc detainer design. So uh, check out his video if you haven't. Some really creative thinking there in these designs. If you've ever wondered what a Medeco lock looks like after over a million uses, well, here's your chance. Check out Tyler J. Thomas's video the Million Cycle Medico on YouTube. You get to see what happens to the wear in the keyway and on the pins, especially the first couple of pins that have to go up over every single uh, cut in the key. Really cool to see that it lasted as long as it did, especially with all the, the different things that go on in a Medico. And I know a lot of the listeners here are familiar with Deviant Olaf and all of the things he does. And he put up a video here announcing their new facility in las vegas the video entitled viva las vegas our new facility is online the description says for the past four days my team and i have been working nearly around the clock on wednesday the first of february moving crews delivered massive shipments of freight boxes and materials from our phoenix location that we recently closed as well as from various core group offices in several states they delivered it all to our business's new home las vegas Red Team Alliance's newest training center is now online and will not only feature a larger classroom space and workshop areas than we have ever had in Arizona or Virginia. We still have our Virginia presence just south of Washington, D.C., they say. But we now also have room to expand into large lab and research areas for the core group, Red Team Tools, and plenty more expansion of Red Team Alliance specialized training offerings. It is a really nice-looking facility, so if... uh, if you're interested in what Deviant's up to, be sure to check that out. Moving on to products, it was recently brought to my attention that uklockpickers.co.uk has a new items page. So I thought I would mention that here. 
the description of the page says the latest additions to the UK Lockpickers product catalog. Check back often. Our product range is constantly being updated, offering you the latest tools and accessories at the very best prices. Currently, it looks like a few different picks on there and a leashy pick. Nothing super exciting, but uh, I'll have a link in the show notes if you want to check that out. Back on the subject of Deviant here, we have Red Team Tools has a couple of new products out. The first is the palm-sized Rex Blaster. The description says, For some time now, penetration testers have been making entry into buildings via bypassing of electronic physical access control systems by triggering the request to exit sensors. These sensors located on the inside of such doors are typically configured to detect motion by means of monitoring the infrared spectrum. Thus, large objects that are either warmer or colder than the ambient temperature typically will trigger the rec sensor and often release the locked door. Often, pen testers will use canned air products such as spray duster or R134A refrigerant to create a cloud of cold gas which can trigger these sensors. Typically, however, the canned air products of this nature are bulky and not easily concealed within a pocket or the palm of one's hand. But our air canister nozzle head is designed to accept small screw-top air tanks and canisters of the sub-100 gram variety that are popular in many civilian applications. From CO2 gas canisters used in brewing and airsoft sports to marine air horn refills, this nozzle head can adapt to those cans and offer the user push-button release of the gas within. Hold the canister upside down to release pure liquid propellant out of the nozzle adapter such that it will boil off in the atmosphere, creating the desired cold air effect. Pretty cool. Very small. Very uh, efficient looking. They also released their forensic collection set. Evidence collection during forensic investigations requires that all samples collected from lock are packaged and cataloged in a way that preserve all details and allow the primary investigator or any follow-up investigators to reconstruct the original hardware for their own independent analysis. You also want to protect chain of custody. This means, as tedious as it sounds, that all parts of the lock must be stored separately. Every pin, every spring, every spare part, this means a lot of small baggies with labels. While you could use conventional full-size evidence bags for each tiny part, that is both wasteful and costly. The Red Team Tools collection includes 100 plastic bags of small size and durable thickness along with 99 evidence labels that allow a field technician to distinguish each individual part being cataloged. Additionally, a chain of custody label is also included, which can be applied to any larger bag or box that you may opt to use to contain these individual small bags. So if you happen to be in a field where you need to do forensic analysis on locks, they have that solution for you. If you're just looking for something fun, some uh, lockpick shirts, the Darknet Diary store has some Locksport-themed shirts for sale. Looks like about three different designs and available either on unisex or women's t-shirts. Moving on here, we have some interesting resources for lockpickers that came up this week. Most of them from Reddit. First up, we have a user shared lock holders for Locksport. This posted by Nobody Cares Really. Uh, said that some new lock Older designs were posted on printables.com. They were uploaded by MM Developer, 
with the description, these are generally to make holding small locks more comfortable or ergonomic. There are holders for an array of standard size lock profiles that I have access to. And this collection, it appears, includes 18 different lock-specific designs. They're the typical holder that you slide like a Euro cylinder into, and it's kind of rounded off so it's easy for you to hold in your hand. And please keep in mind and respect the fact that these designs are licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial and Share Alike license. And I want to emphasize the non-commercial part. You are free to print these out for your own uses, modify them as you see fit, but it is shared under a non-commercial license, so please don't reproduce these and start selling them. I believe the user who shared these also sells them to some people, so it would be really rude to try and steal their business. Uh, user Poser Puppy on Reddit shared a lock tracker. The post said, Hello all. I made this lock tracking spreadsheet. It definitely could use some work and a lot of categories don't really apply when you get to higher belts, but I thought it may be of some use to someone at the white to purple level. Because of limitations in my knowledge when it comes to mechanisms of a lot of high security locks, I would be very appreciative of any advice to make changes to the spreadsheet for later belts. If you change anything, I'd love to see it as well and shared a link to their specific tracker spreadsheet on Google Docs. Looks like it's a way for you to keep track of locks you've picked and what security features they included, so you can kind of keep track of your progress. I thought that was an interesting idea for the beginning lock sporter. And also, if you check it out, um, be sure to leave a comment and some advice, and uh, let uh, Poser Puppy know what you think. Another user put up a post called Quickset Smart Key Advice. The post read, I'm getting a Quickset Smart Key delivered soon. It'll be my first purple belt lock, and I'm looking for some general and specific guidance around smart keys. And this was brought to my attention because there are a lot of helpful comments left on this one, including details on the different generations of smart key and a link to a Quickset Smart Key Guide Google Doc. So if you are interested in Quickset Smart Keys and don't know all of the specific details, check out this thread, check out the comments, a lot of good stuff in there, and good job on the community for really stepping up and answering this person's questions. So it's good to see that. I do love this community, and they're so willing to help everybody. Moving on to events and meetups, we have coming up very quick, HCon 2023 on February 24th in Madrid, Spain. The Lockpicking 101 in-person spy school at the International Spy Museum on February 27th in Washington, D.C. Besides Harrisburg, March 11th in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. The Lockpick Championship by event in uh, Bergheim on March 25th. March 25th. Hack for Kids, Milwaukee, March 31st in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Colonel Khan, April 12th, Omaha, Nebraska. B-Sides Nashville, April 15th in Nashville, Tennessee. B-Sides New York City, April 22nd, New York, New York. RSAC Sandbox, April 25th in San Francisco, California. T2 InfoSec Conference, May 4th in Helsinki, Finland. Kakalaki Con, May 5th 
Durham, North Carolina, besides Knoxville, May 12th, Knoxville, Tennessee. And I know a lot of these, most of these, are security conferences, but they are ones that indicate that they have some sort of lockpicking station or lockpicking talks or something in there to do with lockpicking lock sport. Just, uh, I don't throw just every security conference in there. There usually needs to be some sort of indication that they're going to have lockpicking or lock sport content. Moving on to the Lockpickers United belts, we have three new belts to announce. First up, we have Purple Belts, and I have no idea how to pronounce this name. Prevarication. Congratulations on your Purple Belt, however you pronounce your name. Uh, congratulations to Abrasive, also for a Purple Belt. And congratulations to Picksmith for earning Black Belt. Uh, in that announcement, it said that uh, in addition to being a locksmith and a pickmaker, Picksmith is now a black belt. During that belt, he opened the Asa 700 and an unmastered Miwa U9, completed the impressioning quest, created several challenge locks, wrote a manual on making challenge locks, and has, of course, created many, many custom picks. So congratulations to all of you on your new belts. And... Uh, if you're not already familiar with the Lockpickers United belt system, links in the show notes to the official rules and some videos and other pages describing how the process works, why it's a fun game, and why you should join in. Now's the part of the show where I like to take a quick break, say thank you to the people that made this particular episode possible. Start with the financial supporters. We have Medler, Pandafrog, Michael Gilchrist, Starlock, Williams Brain, Dave to be deciphered, Lebon's Locksport Journey. Pat from Uncensored Tactical, Three Raccoons in a Coat, Sherell, a.k.a. Anthony, Dr. Hogmaster, Clayton Howard, a.k.a. Cooltoon, Mog, John Locke, Rat Yoke, Mr. Picker, Cranky Lockpicker, Barebones Lockpicking, Deadbolt Cafe, NWA Lockpicker, Snake, Paracentric, and John R. Thank you to all of you for your support. Chief content producer for this episode is Sherell, a.k.a. Anthony. Other content producers, Barebones Lockpicking, iFisk, Jen Willem, Jeff Moss, Joshua Gonzalez, Lady Locks, Oak City Locksport, Pandafrog, Rain, The Lockpicker 1969, and Tony Verley. Thank you to all of you for your continued support of this show. And remember that support is only possible because of the information and support from the community. If you value this podcast, please, please, please help Trell and a few of the other regulars keep the show going by sending in Locksport, Lockpicking, Lock collecting, anything to do with locks, news, and information, specifically community-type information. I really want to know more about what's happening in the community and be able to share that with the rest of you. Everybody has their own little corners of the lock sport world that they participate in, and they don't hear about the other bits that are going on. So I'm trying to spread that information to the whole community by sharing it on this show. So. If you're into lock collecting, if you're specific in lock picking or impressioning or safe manipulation, whatever it is, and something's happening in your world, share it here with me and I can share it with the rest of the community so everybody knows what's going on. That is the number one most important thing you can do to help keep this community going. Currently, uh, Anthony, aka Terrell, is producing the content for probably 80 to 90% of every episode. If uh, if he gets busy, the show is, is probably screwed, I have to say it. So 
please step up and uh, and help him out. You can send that information to podcast at locksportscast.com or any of the other social media accounts that I have listed in the show notes. If you can't do that, other ways you can help the show, share it with your lockpicking friends, leave a review, comment, thumbs up, whatever the platform of choice that you listen on allows that will help other people discover it and maybe they can help share some news. You can also subscribe on whatever platform you like to, to consume it on. That way you don't miss any episodes. If you want to help financially, you can donate via PayPal or Patreon Subscribestar. If you help the show with a donation or specifically information I use in the show, I will give you credit in the show and in the show notes. So if you want to hear your name in the show, send me some news I can use. You can also send me some stories about interesting things that have happened to you because you're in Locksport or you're a locksmith or or stories you've heard about other people in, in the lock field. I'd love to share those on the show as well. If you have feedback about the show, you can go to the locksportscast.com slash contact or use the email I stated earlier to send that feedback in. That can be public or it can be private. If you want to share it on the show, just keep it Reasonable length, polite, work family safe, no politics, and not just drama. Moving on to criminal news. These aren't actually lockpicking criminals. These are all to do with locksmiths. First up, we have locksmith fatally shot in money dispute with customer outside of Birmingham gas station. This is Birmingham, Alabama, here in the U.S. A 36-year-old locksmith identified as Darnell Michael Pudokas. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Darnell, who leaves behind a 12-year-old son, was fatally shot outside a gas station on Bessemer Road in Birmingham, Alabama. According to reports, the incident occurred after a dispute over payment of $200 for locksmith services. The 62-year-old suspect allegedly shot Darnell multiple times, resulting in his death. He has been arrested and charged with the murder. The family of Darnell has sought help with funeral costs through a GoFundMe campaign. The incident has sparked a discussion about the need for increased safety measures for locksmiths who work alone and in potentially dangerous situations. So if you're a locksmith, please be careful. Uh, join in on the conversation about what can be done to help make locksmiths safer, what steps can be taken to help protect your own safety, and if any of you are feeling generous, consider supporting the family of uh, Darnell through the GoFundMe. One article I read on this said that apparently the son was on the phone with him during this, actually asking him to just let it go and take the loss, but uh, evidently it turned physical and he was shot. So, very sad story. Wishing the best for the the family left behind. Next, uh, Seattle, Washington. Locksmith carjacked by gunpoint. Uh, Seattle police responded to an armed carjacking that occurred at a hotel business in the South Lake Union neighborhood. Police arrived shortly after 11 p.m., contacted a man who was robbed at gunpoint, had his work van stolen. 31-year-old male victim made car keys for two women. After the victim made the car keys, he asked for payment, but the women could not pay for the work completed. One of the female suspects then pulled a handgun from the fanny pack pointed it at the victim, and asked for his keys and cell phone. 
victim handed over the property and observed one female suspect drive his work van while the other drove the suspect car northbound from the business. The suspect car was a red Toyota Camry, the victim's van a white Ford Transit cargo van. Officers searched the area for both vehicles but could not locate either of them and they did recover his cell phone near the 100 block of Dexter Avenue North and are requesting that anybody with any information contact the police. Carjacked at gunpoint, but luckily complied and was not shot. So that one ends a little happier than the last one. And then this next one is out of Lincoln, Nebraska. Nearly $25,000 worth of tools stolen from a locksmith's van. Police are investigating after nearly $25,000 worth of locksmithing tools were reported stolen from a work van that was parked at a central Lincoln apartment complex last week. says a 47-year-old man found his work van driver window shattered and costly assortment of tools and equipment missing when he went to enter the vehicle at around 11 a.m. on Tuesday. Among the items missing were the van's key readers, power tools, key programmer, and lock installation tools worth a total of $24,900, according to the locksmith. Theft occurred sometime between Saturday evening and Tuesday morning. The investigation is ongoing. Lots of stories this week about locksmiths being the victims of crimes, some of them expensive and inconvenient, but unfortunately one locksmith did lose his life. It's probably not worth your life, people. Um, If there's a conflict, if, if it looks like it could be physical or dangerous, if there's a gun involved, take the loss take the loss and report it to the police. There were a couple other stories that, uh, that I wanted to cover, but they were behind paywalls. So all I could get is a very, very brief summary. And I really need more details to cover them properly. But a couple more locksmiths who were victims of crimes also this week. Like I said, stuck behind paywalls, so I couldn't get the real details. But the headlines seemed worrying. So pay attention while you're out there any of you that are locksmiths. Moving on to sales. Lockpick Shop has a President's Day weekend sale that you may or may not be able to participate in by the time this episode goes up. I'm recording this on the 19th. The sale ends on the 20th, and the code is PRESDAY, 15% off site-wide, but I may not get this posted in time, and if I don't, I apologize. Multipick has a coupon code for Brummy Lockpicker, If you check out his latest video, uh, doing a review of some of their tools, he gives you a code in the the video for 10% off, and I have the code up on my sales page as well. If you're going to shop at Multipick, consider using his code to let them know that people support Brummy Lockpicker, and uh, maybe he can keep getting product to do reviews. Next up, we have a coupon code for Lock Pickers Mall. Very important, this is not Lock Pick Mall. This is Lock Pickers Mall. I didn't even realize they were two that were named so similarly. It's probably another part of Lock Pick Mall trying to deceive people. But uh, Lock Pickers Mall has a code for 15% off, and it is 15 PC off. And that is good at lockpickersmall.com. I do not recommend shopping at lockpickmall.com, 
but I don't have any reason to suspect that Lock Pickers Mall would be a bad place to shop. So if you are going to shop over there, use their discount code for 15% off. And I recently learned that uh, Vent or Zfix or Zyfix or however you say that uh, has a specials page where they have items on discount over there. So a uh, link will be provided on my sales page of my website, which you can find the link for in the show notes. Uh, there's no code required. Just follow the link. Barebones lockpicking. You can save 10% if you use the code FLUR10. And that expires at the end of the month. So be sure to use that before it expires. 3D Locksport. Save 10% with the code LSCAST10. Southord still has their sale items page up and their cosmetically blemished page up. You can check both of those out by the links provided. And there's no code needed when you use those. If you're shopping at Law Lock Tools, you can use the link provided by Review Guru on Twitter. And that will get you 10% off. Mako Locks, 15% off if you use the code by Mako. That code doesn't seem to ever expire. Same can be said for UKLockPickers.co.uk. They have the code GIFT that never seems to expire, and that's good for 10% off. You can also check out the sale items on Covert Instruments. Look for the little blue icon in the corner of each item's description that says Sale. Moving on to giveaways. Not too many here this week. We have the Lockpicker 1969 Locksport Bundle giveaway that started on the 11th of February, ends on the 25th of February. So if you want to get into that, you still have a few days left. Be sure to check out the Picking Time live streams that uh, Lady Locks puts on. There are often giveaways taking place in that. Also, the hashtag LockBoss giveaway by CLK Supplies. They have a weekly giveaway as well as a longer running giveaway for a very expensive key machine. So be sure to check that out if you're into giveaways. And that brings us to the end of another episode. Again, sorry for missing an episode last week, but uh, hopefully we'll get back on track as my schedule rotates around here. For those of you who don't know, my schedule shifts one day every week when I'm not doing extra vacation coverage days. But uh, it makes it kind of hard to get an episode out on a regular schedule. I do my best, but uh, try not to burn out. So thank you for your consideration. And remember to keep it legal.